Welcome to the How Fitting Podcast, where you'll hear from independent fashion designers and entrepreneurs about how they grow their business, making clothes that fit their customer and values. I'm your host, Allison Haynes. Today, I'm joined by Morgan Shapiro of Shapiro. So welcome to the show, Morgan. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, for those listening who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. So I have been in the fashion industry uh, for, seems like forever, Um, but I started sewing when I was very young um, and I just love sewing. Um, And I've always wanted to make my own comfortable pieces. Um, And I'm from Vancouver actually. And it was always my dream to move to New York and become a fashion designer. And and I wanted to have my own brand of kind of effortless uh, everyday pieces that you can integrate into your wardrobe. And, and uh, as I'm still a new brand, um, my brand is changing daily, but I'm constantly evolving and I'm hoping that it, to just continue to build this business. Cool. Yes, it sounds like you really kind of grew up doing fashion related things and it's been your career too sounds like yes yes definitely when I um as soon as I started to learn to sew I was like this is that was like my passion like all throughout high school I was really probably the only one that was interested in sewing (laughs) um and it just continued on till this day so yeah yeah that's so cool I can relate I also kind of got into the industry the same way because I like to sew um yeah yeah, it's, it's super fun. I feel like designers normally either fall into one of two camps. Either they got into fashion because they love to sew or they got into fashion because they like hate to sew and love to shop. Yes, um, <laughs> very true. It's like very yes. different approaches. Yes. Um, yeah, so kind of um, take us through like, yeah, what did you, you were sewing in high school um, and then... Um, I know you went to fashion school, right? Yes, I went to FIT. I actually went to two fashion schools. I went to one in Vancouver. Um, it was a year-long program, which was amazing. And I learned things there that I actually didn't learn at, F- at FIT since it was such a oh, wow. truncated, like extensive, um, intense one-year program that really touched on like everything from pattern making to sketching, rendering, portfolio skills, Um, And then sewing almost any kind of garment, um, Mm. you know, from swim to outerwear to sportswear, um, children's wear. So it really got to like sink us in and really like find our path of what we wanted to do. And obviously Mm -hmm. I already knew, but it, it really, it was such a great overview. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I went to FIT for a four-year program and same thing. I mean, just amazing. Just, you know, it's a great Mm -hmm. school. Um, I just (laughs) continued, you know, honing my skills, I guess, and um, just opened my eyes to the industry. Um, And I still, you know, things that I learned at that school to this day use at my current, at my current nine to five job and also in my personal business nice yeah it's really great when like 
the programs give you kind of that foundation to explore all the different avenues and really find what aspect of fashion you like best. Exactly. Because I feel like when you think of fashion, there's kind of a narrow, maybe not you, but like in general society, (laughs) people who don't aren't intimately involved in the fashion industry, like think of kind of one stereotypical designer, you know, or what it's like working in fashion. But then there are all these other aspects too, um, and different career paths and job roles and specialties and product types that it's like way, way bigger than... Yeah, it can appear kind of from the outside. Yeah, it's so much more than just, you know, sketching something and making it. And there's so much Mm -hmm. that goes into every aspect um, from that starting point, from just the fabric and the pattern. And and then once you actually make it, marketing, selling, and then what do you do next? Maybe you Mm -hmm. need more. Maybe you got to change it. It's just like every, um, yes, it's a lot of work that goes into it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I went to fashion school and then um, you got a job in the industry. So what, um, I guess, as you were kind of this wide knowledge and classes of in school, was it kind of very clear and like stand out to you what like area of fashion or what specialty you wanted to go in? Yes. When I, I, for some reason I had, even in high school, I was always into fleece um, you know, like polar fleece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would sew my own hoodies, but then I also really, really loved outerwear. Um, and when I was at this one-year program in Vancouver, it was called Helen Lafo. I think it shut, it's closed now, but um, mm-hmm. I actually wanted to make a down vest for our finale graduation show. Mm-hmm. And my professor had told me to buy a duvet and we were going to cut it up and make it into this down vest. And I, I know it was a little, I, I don't know if that, that's definitely not the right way, but it was, it, it turned out amazing, different, but um, so I, that's where I really started to get into outerwear. I'd always loved it. But then when I got to FIT, when I heard that there was a specialty outerwear program, I was like, I have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't actually finish all of the courses to get my specific outerwear certificate because they, there was just never enough people to take the courses. So they never Mm -hmm. filled up and I could never register for those. I think it was like two outstanding classes that I needed, but, um, those professors that I worked with for out the outerwear specialty were just so amazing and guiding me. Um, they helped me to enter competitions, um, one of which that I won and I went to Salt Lake city for the outdoor retailer show. And I had actually won by making a jacket out of a new quality of polar tech. Mm -hmm. And I had been inspired by skydiving and I made this quilted jacket, which probably made it lose some of its functional properties, but it still won. And I got to go there and just really, you know, see a a trade show like that was amazing in itself. Um, So I was always kind of into that outdoor active lifestyle Mm -hmm. and aspect of fashion not you know not so much runway I love it I I love looking at the shows and I love touching the clothes of you know high-end designers but I was really more on the more wearable side Mm -hmm. um, since I came from such an outdoorsy um, city 
even though I'm not a, <laughs> a big sports person or outdoors person, it was definitely inspiring to me. Um, so I knew that I wanted to get into outerwear. Um, but upon graduation, I just was willing to take whatever job I could get just mm-hmm. to get in into the industry. Um, and I actually started out in children's wear, mm-hmm. which it was also great because now that, that I'm a mom, I, you know, I, I love knowing the rules of children wear mm-hmm. and just, uh, you know, it's just another side of fashion. That's good to know. And also the clothes, the clothes are cute. And I now have also integrated children's wear into my line. So it's, you know, everything that I've learned, I've kind of, am now trying to fuse together and it's really coming together. I feel like within this brand, mm-hmm. um, to show things that I love and how I, kind of remix it in my head and take all these ideas that I've seen and learned over the past, you know, 20 years um, into, you know, making something that hopefully is new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can really see like the uniqueness of your designs and thank you. um, Yeah. And I'm with you with the outerwear. Like there's something about like outerwear just looks really polished and like yeah. structured and beautiful and put together yes. on the outside but it's like a warm hug on the inside yes, so it's exactly. like so cozy but then it looks so chic yes. so yeah exactly I love it it's like you know that that final touch to your outfit and mm-hmm. or it can also it's like your protector so it's mm-hmm. it's really I I definitely love outerwear and active wear mm-hmm yeah, that's so cool. Um, so in in your jobs, is your current job, you mentioned your kind of like day job, is that also in fashion? It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so I've you're been like living breathe fashion. <laughs> yeah, I've been at my current job for 12 years. Oh, wow. Um, and it is in outerwear. Um, so it's definitely, you know, I, I definitely separate myself from my day job and my personal brand, but um mm-hmm. I do, you know, I have a specific aesthetic, so sometimes it crosses over, but, um, I'm designing obviously for another label. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's definitely, I have my two passions is definitely (laughs) outerwear. And then my other one on the side of doing, you know, my making, trying to make unique pieces, unique, um, sportswear, athleisure, not so much me. I like to call it work leisure, Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely, you know, pieces that I would want someone to be able to wear to work. Cause I, do, I love, like you said, like that polished aspect to it, mm-hmm. um, is what I also try to integrate into this line. Nice. Yeah. So what is it like designing for your own brand where I'm guessing you have a little more creative freedom yes. versus designing for another brand. Like, you know, you yes. both kind of outerwear you said, but yeah. I'm sure they're kind of very different approach to your design work for each of those yes. areas. Yeah. I, in my own line, I feel like I'm really drawn to feminine shapes, but also what is something that can accentuate or at least just make you feel good um, no matter what size you are even though I don't currently I am restricted kind of from extra small to large mm-hmm. um, just because of my <laughs> my own because I'm doing the patterns myself um, mm-hmm. but even though like I would never want to leave anybody out but maybe I'll get there eventually but always kind of thinking about you know like I'm a mom 
Um, you know, my body's not what it used to be. I, I actually do have a lot of customers that are moms and we almost have like the same, same mentality where at the last, um, bazaar that I was at, a woman picked up a vest, a sweatshirt vest that I had made. And she thought, oh, this might be good to kind of like cover some of this, what I have going on in my arms. And I'm like, this is exactly why I made it. Like I, you know, I had like, mm-hmm. it could look good on someone that's skinny, but I also want someone who maybe isn't so skinny or maybe is it want, wants to be comfortable and not be totally covered up. Um, you know, feel good in like one of these kind of lighter weight pieces. So I always have some kind of reason behind why I'm doing something as opposed Mm -hmm. to in my nine to five job, it's really trend driven um, and for a specific market, but we also break it out into obviously our buyers. So we are trying to hit that specific market, um, but also really focused on what the current trends are, what the design direction is. And like you said, like, I, I feel like if I see something and I'm inspired by it um, and I, it fits into my aesthetic, like then I can, you know, I'm like, I'm going to make that. I'm going to make my own version of it where not so much at my nine to five, I really have to follow, you know, mm-hmm. the design director's direction. So mm-hmm. yeah, this way, even when I'm doing research for my nine to five, and I see something that I really like for my own brand. Like I kind of sticks in my head and I'm like, I'm going to go back and work on that later. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely so much more creative freedom. Um, the fabrics that I use are completely different between the two. Um, so I, in that aspect, it's um, not similar at all. Um, and I also do all my own sourcing in New York. I'm trying to really find fabrics that are, you know, available here from mostly from jobbers um, and just use what's available. And most of the time I actually get inspired by the fabric that I find. Me too. Uh, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So that's like, I, you know, there's this one place that I go to all the time. That's amazing. And I I've been lucky enough every time I go there, I, 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 I'm get lucky and I find someone amazing fabric and I'm just like, I I can see making like these pants and this top and this, and I get it so inspired. And um, so that's definitely like a different aspect than my nine to five where, you know, we would get more inspired by the runway um, Mm -hmm. and then we, you know, obviously source in China. Um, But here it's just, you know, I'm also using whatever I can find. So like you would know in like sweatshirts, like you always use, usually use rib. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's hard to find at these, you know, local fabric stores. Most of the time, I feel like coordinating rib or a rib that you like. So I, you know, I've also been experimenting with using contrasting rib um, and just really using what I have. And then if I don't have something, how can I change it? to accommodate what I do have or, yeah. you know, think outside the box of the normal, how it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of approach things the same, the same way. I, I don't do a whole lot of design work other than if I just want to make something for myself, but yeah. Yeah. It's like those challenges are, you know, of being a smaller brand where you can't just make 10,000 yards of something with a mill, you know, whatever you want, you have to kind of be more creative with the design to be like, okay, how can I make 
my constraints with yes. materials, with design, with time, with whatever, um, work to my advantage in a way that it doesn't like look like I compromised or a mistake, yes. but like actually designed this. Yes, this way. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it can be challenging because I'm like, oh, I wish I just <laughs> added this, but mm-hmm. then it's also fun. And um, another another reason why I started this brand actually relaunched it because I I do want to say like when I was living in Vancouver, um, out of school, I was into like cut and sew shirts and I was like, I'm going to do this. So I started sewing my own like long sleeve Jersey shirts. Um, and I would put like this elastic rib band and (laughs) as the hem and, um, I started selling them in a couple local stores there. So it was, and I, I called it Shapiro as well. So then kind of relaunching it now, um, because being in, in the fashion industry, you see so much wastage. Um, and I didn't want to contribute to it, even though it's kind of hard for me not to. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this, I, I'm not a no waste brand, but I'm really trying to be, and I'm trying to reduce the waste and try to use as much of the fabric as I can and whatever I, you know, little scraps I save and I'll try to repurpose into something else. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, cause that's something in the fashion industry that's hard. Like you, it's also, I want to keep like this clean look, but I also want to, you know, not add to so much waste that's being yeah, yeah. Know, produced right now. Yeah. And one thing that like I've always from like a pattern making perspective and like zero waste is the balance between like, I feel like a lot of zero waste pieces that literally use up every bit of the fabric are less fitted or less curvy. Cause once you start cutting curves, then you have kind of those in between weird size pieces left over that you're, you know, kind of carving out of the garment in order to have a more fitted shape to it yes and so it's like uh trying to balance like okay I want this to fit so so you know people feel like I look beautiful in this you know it fits my body um I prefer a little bit more tailored pieces myself but then realizing like okay I have kind of cut these odd shaped pieces then they're not like nice squares that fit on this fabric like what do I do with the scraps and it's kind of a hard balance I think of like what to do with that Um, yeah 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 that's how I kind of got into children's because there are some pieces that are larger than others and I can use those and I have been adding more seams whether it is like a center back seam Mm-hmm. or an extra cuff seam. Um, and I just made a sweatshirt last night that had just a cutout on the back as well as an addition to a center back seam. Um, and, you know, I'll see, I, it's not done yet. And I, I don't want it to look too patchwork, but I also, I don't know, it makes me feel better that I'm not throwing it away. And maybe it is, you know, an interesting design or something, you know, mm-hmm. that looks special because most of my pieces are one of a kind. Um, So, you know, you get that extra, definitely wouldn't make it again. Mm -hmm. And, and then also with some of the scraps I have been making like throw pillows, um, 
I went on a tour of the Eileen Fisher, no waste mm-hmm. um, facility. And so that's what definitely inspired me too. I mean, I just saw rows and rows of clothes that they've, that have been returned to them and that what they do and clean them. And then the clothes that they really can't um, either repair and resell that they just break them down and make these like beautiful felted pillows and like art and hats. And so that's what inspired me to actually start that as well. That's really cool. Yeah. It was amazing to see actually. Yeah. There's a, um, here in St. Louis, there's someone I know, Mary Rupert's rescue that has, it's actually a patented process of like using literal scraps like you could use thread scraps or fabric scraps of any size to kind of like re-embroider and and wow. like fuse back together to make these really cool garments or you know other textiles like she's made coasters and um, yes you know notebook covers and a whole bunch of stuff but yeah it's fascinating to see the technologies that are being developed to reuse the our clothing yeah yeah. And I feel like some, you know, I, I guess there's like a general um, consensus that every company should be into like recycling and sustainability. Um, but then also I feel like in the fashion industry, there is like a, a lot of consumers that really don't care mm-hmm. about that side of it. Or aren't, um, or say they care, but aren't willing to pay more for something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, that's kind of like this balance that I'm trying to find as well as, you know, I don't want to be this brand that's all about that. And like, but I'm still, you know, as I'm developing my brand and figuring it out, like a, I definitely want that it has, it just, to me, it has to have some kind of sustainability in that sense, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, that was uh, why I wanted to relaunch to just use materials that are already existing and repurpose them. Nice. Yeah. I was going to ask what made you decide to relaunch your brand again? Yeah. I, I or, mean, I, or maybe before that, why did yes. you close the brand? And then what made you start it up again? Yes. I think, well, I, cause I was doing it in Vancouver and then I moved to New York and I just stopped focusing on that. I was focusing on school. I wanted to do well here. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just really taking like internships and doing any competition I could do. Um, and I think I was just more focused on like getting into a company, getting a job. So I kind of let that, you know, fall to the side. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I feel like with a lot of people is when the pandemic hit and I was at home. I started sketching and I was actually in between a move. I had sold my house. We were living in an Airbnb and I just had my sketchbooks with me because everything else was in storage. And I just mm-hmm. started to, you know, get inspired again and just sketch some ideas down. And um, I was like, I really want to start this up again. I, I had been feeling it for a long time. And I think before I actually did start sewing again, it was a couple of years but I started, you know, sketching and I was buying fabrics and I was experimenting. Um, and there was this one style, the turtleneck um, fit and flare or peplum, not mm-hmm. a peplum, fit and flare um, that I, I was working on for at least a year. I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I was like kind of stuck on it. 
and I, it, it's simple. And then I could never do the pattern and it's still not a great pattern. I have to admit. Um, but I just, I needed to like get that idea out. And once I did that and I, I could felt like I could move on and I was like, okay, I want to like, I want to do more. I want to see like what else I can do and what, what other ideas I have in there. Um, and now it's just kind of not stopping. It's flowing. Like it's, I finish something and then I get another idea and I'm sketching and, you know, there's just, I'm already kind of thinking ahead of Mm -hmm. other ideas that I have or fabric that I've already bought that I, I want to, you know, use for the next season. Um, so it was definitely like, I've always wanted to do this. And for some reason it felt like now was the right time just because I was working from home. Um, I didn't have a ton of freedom, but I was just at home. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I had, I, I didn't have that commute that I normally Mm -hmm. do. And, you know, I just would just sit and think and sketch and we weren't running around everywhere because, you know, because of the pandemic. So yeah. Yeah. Sure. Just, yeah. At home more. So I was just like, I need to, I want to do this. I, I, I don't want to look back and be like, I, I always wanted to do it and I never did. I didn't want to regret not doing it. And um, so I'm really happy that I did that. I finally launched relaunched and, you know, got yeah. my feet into this. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think the pandemic really kind of like shook up the lives of, you know, kind of a lot of people. Yeah. I wanted to touch on briefly, like you mentioned, kind of once you got started designing, like the ideas started flowing. And I think it's so like it works like that so often where once you kind of get in that mindset of designing and noticing details and playing around with the materials and that that like sparks even more ideas yes Um, totally especially um something that I've learned in the industry is updates (laughs) to bestsellers Mm -hmm. um so things where it's like and then for me in my own line it's like okay I made this but how can I also make it this way? Or what if I change this? Or what if I change this color? And then I, it's like, it starts on this, um, you know, path and trail of just like, yeah, like you said, sparking so many ideas and um, it's almost endless. It's like, and I, I like that feeling. And then at the same time, I don't, cause I kind of get a little overwhelmed at times too. Cause I just have, sometimes I have so many ideas and I really want to like focus in and um, flesh out like the best idea. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes it's also just about starting to work on it and and seeing where it goes. And a lot of times I'll start sewing something and I'll try it on and I'll kind of play around with it. And like, maybe I'll be like, Oh, it'll look better shorter. Or what if I added a hood or, you know, like that's part Mm -hmm. of the fun too, is when you and you can sketch, like I've said this before, like I could sketch it all day. I could make a million sketches of things that I want to make. But once I actually start making it, it kind of takes on like a life of its own. Mm -hmm. And it almost tells me like (laughs) what it wants to be. Like I start to like see it and visualize it. And um, it'll change at times too. uh, You know, like a kind of pre-fitting almost like, Mm -hmm you know, how I want it to look and then I'll change certain details and then, you know, takes it to a different place. So that that's part of the, 
um, design designing that I really like um, because that's kind of part of the fun is making, you know, making your own clothes and making something new and coming up with ideas on the fly and, you know, exploring, mm-hmm. creating, really. Totally. And I think, um, I lost my train of thought, but it'll come back to me. Um, yeah, of just like playing with the ideas um, and seeing which ones stick. Yeah, um, exactly. How do, you, how do you decide? Well, first, like, how do you capture, like, if you have an idea and you're out and about or whatever, you're not actually like working on a garment. How do you capture that idea for later? And then once you have all these ideas, how do you narrow down and focus on which ones you want to do? Because I think a lot of new designers tend to try to cram every idea into one garment. Yeah. And I can tell looking at yours that you don't, like you really focus on like, here's where you you know, you want the eye to look, here's how the proportions are for this piece. And it doesn't look over-designed. That's good. Thank you. Um, I do, I take a ton of pictures. I'm definitely someone who's like in the stores and I'm like secretly taking pictures. (laughs) Um, And if I can't, for some reason, um, I will look at it for as long as I can. And I'll either sketch it when I walk away. I usually try to keep like at least a pencil and a piece of paper in my bag. Um, And I'll, I'll just like try and do a quick sketch or, you know, if I really can't do that either, I'll try to sketch it when I get home. Um, mm-hmm. I also do a ton of research, which I think is something I learned in the industry is just research all the mm-hmm. time, like everywhere, magazines, internet, in-store shopping, um, just really looking at details and seams and, you know, everything. And I also will write those things down. I have like a croquis or a sketchbook. And I'll kind of write down ideas or I'll print out tear sheets or print out my pictures and kind of, you know, collaborate everything within that sketchbook. But then as I'm designing for a new season, I will look through those tears and then really pull out the ones that I'm feeling for that. And if, you know, if I really want to focus on like this season for summer, I've been doing a lot of ties, um, extra long ties, waist ties, and um, just kind of like that loose, I wanted to have the feeling of a breezy, loose, comfortable, just laid back summer vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll look for tears that I've had, I mean, even up to like 10 years ago. And if I really like something, I'll kind of pull that out. And I'll lay everything out in front of me, and just start sketching. And I might go through, you know, like four or five sketches before I get starting, you know, get to a place that I like and then get on a Mm -hmm. path that I'm like, yes, okay, now I'm like in it and I can see like the vision that I want. Um, And then I'll I'll really narrow in on those sketches and then maybe even redraw them and maybe change a couple details. Um, And then part of me is like merchandising is, I just always naturally want to do that. I don't, it, it like frustrates me if I always have like, if I have like 10 crew necks, but they're all different. It's like, no, I need to have like, I want to have a V-neck. I want to have a crew. I want to have a hoodie. I want to have a turtleneck. Um, maybe I'll try a new neckline. 
And I, then that's how I kind of lay it out. Like maybe I could have this crew neck with this detail. And then I have the turtleneck with this other detail, but try to keep it cohesive either with the fabric, which I tend to do a lot because I'll use the same fabric mm-hmm. or just, you know, general silhouette. Is it like oversized? Is it fitted? Um, or have it with one certain detail. I probably already said that, but the ties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've also did a lot, especially for the summer collection of like roll sleeves. So I did roll sleeves and then I also did roll on shorts, to, you know, kind of keep that mm-hmm. idea of just laid back, casual. Um, so yeah, that's really my design process. Yeah, that's really cool to like see a little bit into how these pieces get created and designed. So you said, are they literally one of a kind or just very limited run? Um, So I was working with a local factory um, in the garment district and she did a small production run for me. So I actually did 12 pieces of each of my first designs for my first collection. and, you know, was, I, I sold everything, but um, it just wasn't for me. Like it was just too expensive mm-hmm. financially. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, it was beautiful product, but um, she's also, she was also like a very busy factory and to take only 12 pieces was not something that she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did help me out for you know, this one time, but she was like, next time minimum is, you know, a hundred pieces. And I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) with my, you know, sourcing fabric locally and finding what, you know, I can, I'm not, it's just not possible to meet those minimums. So I've kind of taken a step back from that as much as I, I definitely would like to work with a local factory um, and make multiples and a full size run of one of my designs right now. I am making one of a kind pieces. I am trying to make it in multiple sizes though, mm-hmm. especially for the summer collection. I've expanded my size range, um, but they are technically, yes, one of a kind unique pieces. Each piece is slightly different. Gotcha. The, it's such a hard like balancing that you don't want to overinvest in inventory because it's expensive. Exactly. And then what if you want to make tweaks or... Yes. You know, just don't sell through it. Yes. There's the waste, you know, like avoiding that kind of waste. But then, yeah, it's hard when you have to do everything yourself too. Yeah. Because so there is, yeah. yeah, no, I'm sorry for cutting you off. There's totally like a demand and it's hard mm-hmm. when you can't need it and you want to, but <laughs> mm-hmm. you, financially you can't. And then you don't want to be stuck. You know, I've had, I have had people ask me for certain things and, um, I'm like, yes, I'll do it. And then I do it and then they're no longer interested and then I'm stuck with it. So mm-hmm. it's like, I have to take a step back and kind of refocus myself on why I started this brand. And the purpose was to not, you know, be wasteful mm-hmm. and not sit on product that I can't sell. Um, so it, it's hard. It's like a hard balance, like you said, because I want to make these clothes. I want to sell them, especially I, I'm loving like, customer feedback and when I see customers wearing it you know in real life like it, it makes me so happy and it, that's like that motivation that, mm-hmm. that it keeps me going um, but I'm trying to find out how I can kind of cover myself in that aspect of um, meeting the demand but keeping my 
my morals, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. you know, my, mm-hmm. my, my main purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a balance and it's almost a chicken and the egg of like, you can't, you don't have like the funds to make more until you sell more, but you can't sell more until you can actually meet the demand exactly. to make more. So, exactly. Yeah, it, it gets tricky for sure. Yeah. And like one thing that I definitely learned in that first production run is the patterns. Like, and I, I, I feel like I always knew it's really important, but until I actually got into it and then I realized I got my production back and I was like, hmm, <laughs> this doesn't fit as nicely as I wanted it to, mm. um, you know, maybe I should have taken a step back and really, maybe I should have fit it that second time or a third time or a fourth time, you know, until you really get it right. Um, and mm-hmm. it's that also, it's like, I want to like move forward. I want to make a new design. I want to guess, just get it out there. But it's those steps before that are so important too, mm-hmm. um, that it's, you have to take those steps. Otherwise in the end, you, cause you know, for that reason, you don't want to be sitting on inventory. Like if it doesn't fit right, or, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you rushed and, and you didn't get the right fabric or the right trim. And so it's definitely, um, there's so many aspects to it. Like we said in the beginning, it's just that people don't realize. Um, I've even had, you know, people say, well, how hard is it to just like make another size? It's, <laughs> you don't re- right like you don't mm-hmm. realize like it's not just make it a little bigger it's like <laughs> yep you know especially as someone who's I'm not a pattern maker um you know I've just learned what I in from school mm-hmm. it's it's hard it's it's such a it, it's such a hard um job or you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to <laughs> say um but it's so important and it's like yeah yeah I mean as a you pattern know. maker I, I agree with everything yeah. you just said You're I mean like I, very I live important. in that middle <laughs> yes of the you know tweaking it making it perfect and not only making it fit but you know and creating the other sizes grading the sizes but like making it work for production too you yes. know adding shrinkage to the pattern so that yes. like when you wash it it doesn't end up too short or the elastic cuff yep. doesn't end up way too tight on your wrist or like yeah that's exactly yeah mm-hmm. that's exactly what I experienced in that first production run too I was like I gave the pattern maker a fabric that I wasn't going to use for production mm-hmm. and I <laughs> thought it would have the same outcome and nope it did not um yep. it usually and, doesn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> and even even co- even different colors like Yes. darker colors like the ink weighs it down and often darker, darker colors will shrink more than the lighter colors I don't know why yes. that is actually but it's you know even that so it's like if you're doing like black and white I always wash test both colors and see yes. like what is the difference in the amount of shrinkage between the colors and try to find exactly I mean, ideally you can find something that w- does work for both colors but yeah on occasion you cut a different pattern if it's you know, financially yes. worth it for that style. Yes. But, and that's yeah. what's hard. It's like you, that's why it's like, I, I just want to make a, a one unique piece because there's a lot of steps that go into that production um, mm-hmm. that I just can't afford right now. And I, I'm not, but I'm not sure if I even really wanted to or if I want to, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's just so much that goes into it. All those little steps beforehand. Um 
you know, really, it's, it's a process. It is. And it becomes worth it when you are making things at scale because it's yes. like you spend so much time, like it's not worth it. Um, I'm trying to be careful of how I phrase this. Um, when you're making one piece for one person, it, you can be a lot more kind of flexible within the process and like take it in as you go and like yes. not go back and like tweak the pattern necessarily exactly but when the goal of it's it's almost different goals like when you're making one garment the goal is to make one garment but when you're making a pattern for production the goal is to have a pattern that reproduces consistent results the way you want them and so the goal is not that one single end garment the goal is like a dial in pattern and so it, it changes the the process and like it's way more time up front to do that. But then once yes. you're making at scale, like averaged out, you're saving your time, your time later as you're making the multiples. But when you're making, yes, when you're exactly. doing all that for one, it's like, whoa, this is, this is overkill. This is so much yeah. work. Yeah. And it's hard, even if like I've spent time on a pattern and then I make it and it just doesn't work out. And I've like, oh, spent all this time on this and it didn't work it's just part of it but then mm-hmm. I did actually get this one pattern um, from my v-neck that I I love and I've actually used that pattern as as a sloper almost and mm-hmm. you know created other versions of that from that which is I'm so happy because I'm like yes <laughs> at least mm-hmm. I have one good pattern from that production run that you know is great now and it like you just said it makes everything easier and you know mm-hmm. it's gonna look good you know, it's going to fit well. Um, so it's so worth it. Those different design exactly. variations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So it's, yeah, even though it's a lot of time up front, like you said, it's so worth it. It's, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you can reuse those pieces. And yeah. It's like helps with consistent fit. And it also just saves so much time when you're like, I want the body of this one and the sleeve of that one and the neckline yeah. of the other one. And then you've kind of got the pieces there kind of like, you said you design and try different variations and kind of use the same elements like you can also yeah. recycle those pattern pieces often yeah because honestly most of my bodies are exactly the same they're the same pattern mm-hmm. it's just you know with the like you said a different sleeve a different cuff a different neckline a different hem um and that's really what I like to play on because if I know something works I don't want to you know I want to continue on that path so and I do obviously incorporate some new styles and I like to test things out. And that's also what I like, why I like to keep it small because I do want to test something and I don't want to make 50 pieces of something that I'm not hundred percent sure about. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I want to start out small and I, you know, start with 10 and then 20 and then 50 and then a hundred and, and, you know, go that way. I've only been in this business um in my personal business for just a little bit over a year so you know I thank you so you know I'm still I'm I'm getting out there I'm learning what the cust what my customers like and what they want to see how the how they want it to fit um you know so I'm keeping all that just like how I keep a tear sheet um Mm -hmm. and and you know I I keep it in my head (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. a record of what what's what's wanted yeah yeah and you had even mentioned kind of earlier um in our conversation today about 
how you design with like a specific like person or like wardrobe problem in mind too yeah Um, like you designed for this specific use or you've thought through like how or why someone might want this certain silhouette or garment and that's something that I'm, I'm always talking about of like knowing your customer like who you're designing for makes yeah. it so much easier and it seems like you're really good at kind of getting that feedback and and thinking through like okay this is not just pretty I don't it's not just that I like this but that like here's why somebody's going to wear this piece right exactly and even though I think I know my customer it it like to- it always changes mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. I love that I do kind of have a a big customer base right now, a, a different customer, you know, a wide range, but um, that I, yes, like you said, though, I always kind of have a specific customer in mind, which is kind of similar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I want to make someone feel good. It's just, you know, like, and mm-hmm. even if I designed it for a certain person and then somebody else buys it, that's totally unexpected. And puts it on and is like, I love this. And I, it makes me so happy because I'm like, oh, like, you know, um, my husband and I always discuss who we think my customers are. And he has a totally different opinion than I do. <laughs> and I, but I think that's great. I don't, I wouldn't want to exclude anyone, but I know that you, it's always good to have, uh, you know, your target customer in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely essential when you're designing or when you're a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like, um, that it has, it's kind of, you know, I had a 16 year old buy something and I, and I had an 80 year old buy a piece. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was like, I'm like, wow, this is like amazing. I'm just, I'm happy that this piece is making somebody else happy mm-hmm. and that they're going to be comfortable in it. And, you know, even if there is a few flaws, they're like, you know, it's okay. It's one of a kind and mm-hmm. I'm going to wear it. And that's like, that's all I could ask for is <laughs> just mm-hmm. to wear it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So how do you sell your pieces? Like do you sell online or I think you mentioned like markets and yes, I've been doing this market called the grand bazaar in New York city. Yeah. And there it's, um, they are set up every Sunday, but I only go maybe two to three times a year. Um, Mm -hmm. just because I am making all the pieces myself. So it's only how many pieces can I make before the next market. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to make in between 30 and 40 before I definitely commit to a date. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have also sold online. I have a website. Um, and, you know, so some pieces that I don't end up selling at the market or maybe I make duplicates, I'll, I'll put them online too. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, that's pretty much it so mm-hmm. far. I'm trying to explore like what other, you know, where else I can sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's great to meet your customers face to face and mm-hmm. get feedback that way. Um, I, I think that I, you know, I enjoy doing that because even if it's bad feedback, you know, I'll, I take it mm-hmm. and I learn from it. Um, so, you know, it's sometimes when you just sell something online, it's like, hopefully <laughs> it goes well, but um, yeah, it's great because especially with the pandemic, we've really been online for everything. So it's nice to kind of get back to face-to-face, like mm-hmm. touching it, trying it on, 
you know, mm-hmm. be more hands-on. Yeah, I went to a, a sourcing event last week for like the first time since pre-pandemic. And I'm like, oh, I can touch all the fabrics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can actually like pick some stuff out, restock my own stash. Yeah, it's so nice. It's just, especially with fabric. I mean, I've bought fabric online before and it's not, it's not the same as actually for me, I need to touch it and feel it and see the color. Um, that's just me. I need to actually envision it and, you know, yeah, hold a, it up to myself, you mm-hmm. know, it's a lot easier that way. Oh yeah. Like so you much can easier. do it online, but it takes, I feel like a lot more knowledge of fabrics and then yeah. the color you kind of have to yeah. be flexible on because, you know, you can't really know until you get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because color is really specific to me too. And I work with this one fabric guy who's always like pushing certain colors on me. And I'm like, nope, (laughs) I know what I want. And that's not it. So Mm -hmm. when I see, you know, when I see color fabrics online, it's like, is that really the color though? Mm -hmm. Do I want to risk it? Do I want to pay for a swatch? Mm -hmm. Like, I'd rather just go to the store. Yeah, that way. (laughs) Yeah. And in New York, there's probably more options for that yeah. than in many cities. So. Yeah, it's it's almost like too much, but <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I have uh, a couple more questions. One, I'm curious, like, what are some things that you've picked up from your own brand, like skills or things that you've learned that help you in your day job? And vice versa, what are some things in your day job that help you with your brand? Yeah. Um, so when I started my brand, I definitely started to realize, um, like you said in the beginning, going back to it, that how much goes into it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, my day job, I'm not in sales. I have meetings with them, um, mm-hmm. but I really didn't fully understand what goes into making a sale or what goes into pricing until I actually did it myself. Um, And besides sales, also marketing. um, That's that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Like um, that's, yeah, that's, it's very time consuming. It is. um, And I don't get to do much of it for myself, but um, it, it's just that, yeah, it's it's a whole, it's a job in its own. And um, so when I started doing it, I really built this great respect for the, for the people that I do work with at my nine to five that handle that. And I started to kind of be more interested and wanted to learn more. Not, I mean, for myself, yes, but actually how I could perform better at my nine to five by learning um, more about sales or more about production. Um, because I was so like, kind of had like the blinders on and just focusing on design when it's so much more than that and Mm -hmm. I feel like knowing every aspect helps you so much as as a designer like to really know a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. um because even when you're designing it's like you know you're if you're thinking about a cost um then you'll not design into that cost but think just at least think about it you know Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna put you know 10 yards of fabric into this one style, or maybe I'm not going to line it with silk or, you know, like just really think about the components and, um, how it's really going to break down. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big, you know, huge, I'm, I'm still learning. What else? 
even from like photography, you know, like we, we have um, shoots at my nine to five and seeing how they do it versus how I do it. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, similar, but different. Um, and from my day job, obviously I've learned so much. Um, I think the main thing I touched on a little bit is the research aspect. Um, I, my first, like, I don't know, up until the pandemic, I want to say it was, I spent, you know, nights, weekends, um, just doing so much research. I wanted to see as much as I could, what else was out there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that we didn't look duplicative. I wanted to have something new and fresh because that's just me as a designer. I don't, I really hate to copy. Um, and I always think like, oh, does this look like us or does this look like me? How -hmm. can I make it look like me? Like, how can I take this other person's designer idea and change it so that it does become unique and special and to my DNA? Um, And that's one thing is just like, just getting out there and, and just building your knowledge of garment construction, materials, silhouettes. And um, I was always told like, get out, research, touch clothes. Um, So that's one thing that's helped me so much because I feel like I have experienced just even if I used to hate going to like Saks and Bergdorf's and I, you know, cause I was just like me going in, you know, what are they, they're probably thinking, what am I doing here? Like, um, it's like, you know what, who cares? Just go, go touch the clothes, go see it. Um, and, you know, obviously for the pandemic, I have not been doing that as much, but I'm so glad that I did in the past and that I was taught to work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important just to like see other designers. Um, and also just the sketching, like the way that I sketch in um, just don't not to get stuck on one idea. And like you said, like not to put every idea into one garment, but to break it out. And that's almost mm-hmm. like you're building your collection is you can have all these like you can have 20 great ideas, but don't put everything into one. And how, how do you break it out? You just start sketching, doing little thumbnails and just getting mm-hmm. your ideas out and then going back and revisiting and really starting to like build the collection and flesh it out that way. And that's one huge thing that I've learned from my nine to five um, is, is really how to focus yourself and focus your ideas and not, um, you know, come up with one crazy idea that's going to be way too expensive and you can never produce mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah that's one thing too is is my production manager sometimes will be like you got we can't afford this like, you know just like mm-hmm. what are you doing like you can't do that so it's like okay like the reality check um but yeah that's definitely I always think about like construction and even in outerwear it's um you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And I can admit that I don't even know how they make a coat sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, you know, some pockets and some, I was looking at a sleeve the other day where I told them to make it a certain way. But I personally, if I was like, if I was sewing that, like, would I know how to make it? And it's like, probably not, but um, you know, it's good to just look at garments and try to figure it out. So that's, something that I just personally love doing is looking at garments, turning them inside out, 
how are they constructed? You know, what's the content? Um, and just really examining it and breaking mm-hmm. it down um, and really knowing your garment and what you're making and what you want to make. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all great points of like, yeah, things that you picked up both from entrepreneurship and from nine to five. Yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. This has been a really great conversation. I have one more question that I ask everyone at the end of the interview, which is if you could communicate one value to the world through the clothes that you design, what would it be? Oh, one value. Hmm. I mean, I what I try to represent is just I want to make people comfortable and happy. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to bring a little bit of joy. Um, the world is a, is a tough place right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want, I want that person to feel special and that they matter <laughs> and um, to just be able to like have a great day in whatever, you know, in my piece mm-hmm. um, that they're wearing. And I hope that through my clothes, people feel that way. Um, and that they feel comfortable in their own skin and brings them a little bit of joy. Yeah. Who doesn't want to feel comfortable and happy? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Morgan, for joining thank me you. today. Um, where can people find out more about you and Shapiro online? They can go to um, shapirothebrand.com. Um, and it's always linked to my Instagram and I have my full, um, um, background bio and I try to update my lookbooks too. Um, I also have my Instagram account, um, at Shapiro, the brand, and, um, I am also on TikTok, um, although I don't update it too much, but also at Shapiro, the brand. Um, and yeah, those are the, really the, the three places you can find me. Wonderful. I will include links to those in the show notes. Yes. Amazing. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Haynes, and I hope you join me again for the next episode of How Fitting.